Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but is another match from Podmatch. He's an author, a speaker, and a coach who focuses on centering prayer as a means of, t- of inner transformation. He teaches centering prayer in both his local and virtual community and offers one-on-one coaching. Rich's newest book is titled Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. Please welcome Rich Lewis. Hi, Rich. Hi. No, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. What else would you like to share with the listeners about yourself? I'm moving. So we lived in uh, Ambler, Pennsylvania um, for about 20 years. We sold our house in August. I'm able to work remote. My wife is remote and we have always wanted to live in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. So as soon as that opened up, um, we started looking for houses and we bought, we're actually going to move um, in, I think <laughs> our walkthrough is January 3rd and our closing is January 9th. Uh, of the of next year, uh, so we've been temporarily living actually in New Jersey at the beach, Ocean City, New Jersey. So m- my life's been I've been living out of suitcases since September. Oh wow! Since September, but that's kind <laughs> of the the newest thing is is uh, I moved from Ambler, PA, to the beach, which has actually been a blast, Ocean City, New Jersey, and I've been here since September. Mm-hmm. But in early January, we will be going a little bit further south to a little bit below Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, and why why that location? You said you've always wanted to move there. Is there family there? Yeah, we. my wife has family there, and I have a sister in Durham, and then we have a niece and nephew also in, in that area. And we've always wanted – we love the area. We go there once a year to see family, and we kept, kept saying we love it here. Someday we'll move, but right now we can't because of our jobs. But things changed early this year, and so off we went to do it. <laughs> And we, and we wanted warmer. We, we, we love the warmer weather. Yeah, absolutely. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. So it is freezing there from like Oct- October to like April. So I live in okay. <laughs> Richmond. I live in Richmond, Virginia currently. And so oh, okay. I get down to like Raleigh and the Durham area every now and then. It's like uh, about two hours, two and a half hours from here. So it's a, I like, I enjoy it down there. It's a nice area. And I, and I stayed in Richmond, I guess, when we were, we were coming north we stopped in Richmond for uh, instead of driving straight up. So actually we stayed in, in the city of Richmond overnight a couple of months ago and, and enjoyed that actually. <laughs> Good. Yeah. No, I love, I love it here. Um, it's like you were mentioning warmer where obviously than where I came before and we actually have seasons and um, the, you know, it gets cold, but not too cold where it, it's, it's getting cold now, but um, we'll get like one good snow in January and then, and then hopefully it'll warm back up. But well, thank you for sharing a little bit more about yourself. Um, We're going to talk about Matthew chapter six, verse six today. And so I'm going to have you first read that verse for us. Sure. And, and I'm probably abbreviating it for, as it applies to, because we'll talk about centering prayer, which is a meditation practice that I follow or practice based upon it. So it's based upon Matthew 6, 6, you know, when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and, and I'll stop there. Cause that's, that's what centering prayer. And we'll talk about what it is and how long it's been around mm-hmm. and, and what happens during centering prayer. But that's what centering prayer is based on. So when you asked me that question, I thought I have a perfect verse for that because that's really the <laughs> basis basis for the practice I do. 
Well, I can't wait to hear about it. And I just want to give our listeners a little bit of context as to like where we're at in Matthew's gospel. So Matthew chapter six falls within the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount starts in chapter five with the Beatitudes and goes pretty much through chapter seven. And in this particular passage in chapter six, we're getting the Lord's and instructions on how to pray. And so your verse very specifically deals with that. We get the Our Father shortly after this. Um, So Jesus is definitely trying to teach us how to be his disciples and specifically in this chapter with prayer. So my first question for my guests is, why did you choose this passage? And I know it it relates to centering prayer, but um, yeah, just that's my first question. So why would you choose this passage and tell us a little more about it? Sure. I mean, I I chose it because and prayer, there's many different ways to pray. Um, So this is just one way to pray. So I, I chose it just to share how how centering prayer is based upon it, which we'll get into, and that encouraging people to try a different way to pray rather than talking to God, um, you're sitting with God and, and quietly sitting with God. So when when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, really means you're going to go find a quiet place and you're going to sit with God and you're going to go to within and 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 be quiet let go of you and your planning and plotting and just kind of sit with God and open to the presence and actions of God within during this centering prayer sit. So that's why I chose this verse because that's what, um, uh, that's what we do do with centering Mm -hmm. prayer. Um, So I have so many questions I want to ask you about centering prayer. So I'm Catholic and I, I am familiar with centering prayer. Do you know, like, does this go back to kind of like the origins of like ancient Eastern practices or of meditation, like where, what, what are some of the origins of centering prayer? Sure. So yes, I mean, even though centering prayer really was created in the early 1970s, but by three Trappist monks, um, three, three priests, but the idea of sitting in silence goes back thousands of years to, to, to Jesus. And even before that, so like we surmise Jesus wasn't always talking to God. He was just sitting with God and being with God and, and, when he went off to be alone with God in the morning or in the evening or when he needed to get away from the crowds, we surmise he wasn't always talking. He was just sitting, sitting with God. And then there's references to, you know, be still and know I'm God in, in, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So the idea of silence has been around, sitting in silence with God, you know, is thousands of years old and, and really traces its roots back to Jesus and, and even before, before Jesus. How did you get involved with Centering Prayer? When did it start for you? I began practicing Centering Prayer in dabbling in, in, in I guess, the fourth quarter of 2013. You know, I had always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. I, I had read books by Carl McCullman, had written a number of books, and he talked a lot about silence and how transforming it was. I don't remember him talking about a practice, though. So at that time, I was just sitting in silence and seeing what would happen. And I remember being kind of brutal and hard. But then in – so and that was actually before the fourth quarter of 2013. In the fourth quarter of 2013, I, I came across a book. I was simply perusing Amazon looking for a book to read. And I came across Amos Smith's book, Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots, and in his book, he talked about a practice called centering prayer that he had been doing uh, for 15 years or so up up until that point. So that immediately intrigued me, and I began, you know, reading his book, uh, asking him questions via email on his website, and then more importantly, really just trying the centering prayer practice myself. And it just it just resonated with me. It it, 
it gave me a way of it gave me a practice for sitting in sitting with God and sitting in silence and opening to the presence and actions of God within. And, and we can talk about how you do centering prayer because people are probably wondering, okay, well, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was kind of going to be my next thing because I my understanding of centering prayer, I've done it. I feel like a couple of different ways, um, kind of in the meditative way of like clearing your mind and then maybe having. Um, like a mantra, um, kind of similar to some Eastern practices of maybe a word or a phrase. Um, I've also done it before with like a scripture verse and kind of like an Ignatian practice um, following St. Ignatius of like having a scripture where you kind of enter into the scene and then kind of meditating, like, where are, where are you? Where is Jesus? You know, and kind of putting yourself in the scripture and like centering that way. So yeah, I, I've done it a couple different ways. So I'm curious for you to kind of explain your understanding of like, of what it looks like. <laughs> sure. And, and there's, and there's, this is one contemplative practice. There's many, and you, you've described a couple right there with what you said. So there's many different ways to sit with God and, and open to God. So with centering prayer, what you specifically do is um, you, you sit comfortably with your eyes closed to begin your silent sit. You interiorly introduce a word of usually one or two syllables. So it could be God, Jesus, the color, ocean, beach. And that signifies you're beginning your silent sit and you're opening to the presence and actions of God within. And then as you're sitting there, when you begin daydreaming about what you're going to do after your sit, or you begin thinking about all whatever happened before your sit, you realize you're really no longer sitting with God. You're sitting with you and your thoughts. So that's when you re- interiorly reintroduce that word to let go of these engaged thoughts that you're engaging. And then you even let go of the sacred word. And so the whole purpose of the sacred word is just to keep bringing you back to the purpose of your sit, of just sitting with God and opening to the presence and actions of God within. So you let go of your engaged thoughts, and then you even let go of the sacred word. So you only use the sacred word when needed. So when you notice, there I go again, I'm doing everything but sitting with God, that's when you use the sacred word. So it's it's not used as a mantra. There are mantra practices but in centering prayer, you use it just when needed, when you notice that you're engaging your thoughts. Okay, that makes sense. It's like a recentering, which makes sense since it's centering prayer. Right. So, like, what is that time in between? You know, if you're not using your word and you're not trying to have like these super engaging thoughts, like it, it truly is just like a stillness, or like what what is that space in between like? It is, and I mean, I kind of call it the, the space between your thoughts. You're, it's really you're mm-hmm. just removing the obstacles between you and God because it, your engaged thoughts are barriers, you could call them, between you and God. So the, the purpose of centering prayer is just to sit with God, remove any barriers between you and God. And I think of it as a reverse prayer. I think of it as during this time, God is praying in me. Um, actions God wants me to take in my life, or God might even just be praying in me if he knows that he, spirit knows I need inner peace or calm or wisdom for a task. So I think of it as a reverse prayer. I'm getting out of God's way and letting God work in me. And only God knows what, what I need when I come to my sit. I, so I am a journaler, like, and I, and words are just very important, like for me. So like when I pray, I usually like reflect on a scripture passage, which is no surprise since I do a scripture podcast, teach scripture. Um, and that's kind of like God speaking to me. And then my response is like my journal, you know, words to him, or I feel like if something comes into my mind, I have to write it down or otherwise I'm going to forget it. So I guess Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for me who just like people like me who, you know, words, like, like, it's just really hard to just get rid of them, (laughs) you know? 
So, if, so the idea of sitting in silence and having all these words come into your head is what you're saying? Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, if, if, if words were to pop in or like thoughts would come in, I'd want to either engage with them or write them down. And I know that you mentioned then like saying your, your centering word to kind of clear them. I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to imagine that space in between. <laughs> I would say trust God during this time. So if so, cause I, jur- I do journal too. So, and, and I do it sometimes before my centering prayer sit or sometimes after my sit. So I, I would just enc- encourage you to, to let go of them because if, if the ideas or thoughts that come up are that important, God will make sure you, you bring them up. He brings, you bring them up after your mm-hmm. sit or before your sit. So just trust God, do your silent sit. And then after your sit, if you want to journal, just trust that they're going to come back up if they're that important. Yeah, I know. I, I, I do. I try to remind myself of that, you know, I try to, um, to say if this, if this is really of the Holy Spirit that he'll prompt me again. So I, I have a spiritual director and we've tried centering prayer, she and I before, and she encourages me just maybe do like five minutes or like a really reasonable kind of, you know, short amount of time to start. And then if it feels right to maybe let it grow, do you do something similar with the, those you're coaching? Like, what do you recommend for like an amount of time? to sit. No, I would, and that's exactly what I would recommend. So I'd recommend for people brand new to the idea of sitting in silence and maybe thinking, can I really go 10, 15, 20 minutes? No, I would say two things. One, I would say, you know, make it the first thing you do to begin your day and, and start, you know, take baby steps. So with a couple minutes up to five minutes, so, and, and try it for 30 days and see if it's a practice that resonates with you. Then if it does begin increasing the time from five to 10 and 15 or even 20 minutes. And then if you decide this is a practice that's going to stay and I really enjoy it and I, and I can see how it's changing me, then I encourage people to add a second sit at some point during the day and do the same thing. You can start slow and then work your way up to 10, 15, 20 minutes for the second sit. So just take baby steps. So exactly what I guess you were told to do. But again, I would just tell them to do it the same time each day so that it becomes kind of a habit so that it, it's mm-hmm. something that is part of your daily life, daily structure. What are some kind of fruits or results that either you have seen personally in your own life or with people that you coach um, as a result of doing this practice? Sure. Um, for me, as I, as I look back at, if I think of rich before centering prayer and rich after, so it's, it's in God's infused me with confidence, um, a, a heck of a lot more confidence in myself to do things that, that scared the heck out of me. So many of the things I'm doing as a re- now weren't even on the radar screen. So the idea of writing a book was is daunting because that took a long time to write. Then you have to edit it. Then I had to find a publisher. So um, confidence and to get out of my comfort zone and, and speaking the podcast, the idea of podcasts you know, eight, nine years ago would never have happened. I would have been terrified. Public speaking would have scared me. So I would definitely confidence. Um, and then also I, I, I would say kind of uh, le- more willing to listen to people and give them the space they need instead of just reacting. So if someone says something to me, just continue to listen. I don't have to agree with it. And I also don't have to show them how they're right or wrong or even render an opinion. So I just need to be, give them the space they deserve. So I think it's given me better listening skills. And then I would also say um, kind of an excitement for life. Not that I didn't want to live life before, but I just I'm more open to life and, and what it throws at me and, and excited to see 
uh, what will happen today. So definitely those three fruits. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've expressed that like it's it's difficult for me, but I feel like when I do have a good, I love that you're, you refer to it as a sit. I don't, is that like a formal term, like from the Trappist monks or is that your term? I think it just might be my term. I don't know where I, I come up with. I just figured this is, it's, that's what it is. I consider it, it's my sit with God, or I, th- I think of it as I'm sitting with Jesus and then I'm getting up and walking with Jesus. So it's not that Jesus, uh, I say, I'll see you again at my next sit. We sit and then we partner throughout the day uh, to do things. So I think of it as sit and then a walk with God. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I guess that's kind of what I was mentioning before with like that visualization piece of like, um, my spirit director before has had me like picture like my, you know, this podcast is made named after the road to Emmaus. Right. So like maybe picturing walking with Jesus during that road to Emmaus or picturing being with him on a boat or something like that. And just kind of seeing what that, inter- where that interaction or visualization takes me. Um, but I guess when I do it actually, well, <laughs> it can be really beautiful. And, and, you know, you were mentioning the results for you of having more confidence and, um, and, and encourage. And for me, it, it brings a lot of, like, I feel like I'm able to breathe and it just gives me like more, more peace. Um, and then more connection, um, like just more tangible, like, yeah, just a real deeper connection with, with Christ. I feel like when I do it well, so I don't know if you wanted to respond to any of that, but <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. And, and in fact, I have a uh, coaching client that we were just talking on Saturday and he, he practices centering prayer, but he also does something similar to what you just said. He, he has a, he says once a, once a week or so he takes 15 or 20 minutes or even 30 minutes. And he's, he's pretending he's walking down a ravine to where there's water flowing and it's he and Jesus walking. And he's just imagining what it would be like and, and, and imagining what kind of discussion they would have and what would he say to Jesus and what would Jesus say to him. And so I thought it was neat when you said that. So that's, in addition to centering prayer, he, he does that type of practice, which I think I should try as, as well. So that's, it's kind of, it's a beautiful practice where you're just kind of imagining you're, you're with Jesus and, and what would we say to each other and what am I going to learn from Jesus and what would Jesus say to me? So I, I thought that was neat that you shared that. Yeah, I find it to be, it's, you know, it's hard to enter into again for me because I just, I just do so much better with like words, but when you, when it does work, it is, like a very intimate moment. And that, I think that relates to what you were describing as well as like having that kind of intimate connection in the silence. Right. Like, <laughs> right. And I would say, you know, don't give up your, like keep this way. Of, this is just one way of praying, but continue, mm-hmm. you know, what that Im- imaging or Im- uh, the, uh, from the Jesuits, I guess, the, continue mm-hmm. with that. So don't give up the different ways you pray, just complement it with, with, with silent sits but then I'll also mm-hmm. say, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. So if it's just not resonating with you, that that's okay. I mean, there's many different mm-hmm. ways to, to connect with God, whether it's journaling or walking or imagining, as, as you're saying, or chanting. Mm-hmm. There's not just one way that connects us to God. There's there's many. And and I've even had some people that they said centering prayer didn't work for them. They needed to ch- they needed more of a mantra, continuous mantra. So I so I encourage them to try Christian meditation, which is still sitting in silence, but interiorly you're kind of saying a mantra in your head over and over and over again during the time. So I just encourage people to find a practice, contemplative practice that works for them and resonates, and then kind of dig deep in that well and see where it takes them. 
Mm-hmm. And to bring it back to the scripture passage, you know, this, like I mentioned, is right in between Jesus's other instructions on prayer about like not babbling like the pagans, which after sharing that, like I constantly am using words, like makes me kind of calls me to action and, you know, um, convicts me, but also like not to do it as um, like demonstrative in front of people to be like, oh, look at me. I'm praying that like that's kind of why Jesus says to do it just with your father so that he can see you in secret. And I don't know if you wanted to expand upon that, but just kind of bring it back to the scripture. No, I mean, that's exactly what we do in centering prayer. It's, it's well, we can do it in community, but we're, we're just, when we're doing it alone, we're just, we're like when I practice, I'm doing it first thing in the morning in, in a, in a room in our house. And it's just me and God in, in, in the room um, when I'm doing it. And then there are, um, like you can you can join groups that practice centering prayer. There's a ton of Zoom groups, so you can join a Zoom group and practice centering prayer and community with others, and and everybody is just sitting in silence together. Then usually there's kind of a discussion afterwards in some some of the groups. So so no, that's exactly what centering prayer is. Exactly what you just said prior to that is we're we're not we're sitting with God. No one knows we're doing it other than we do, and and God knows. And we're not bab- we're not and we're not babbling where we're we, we you can, afterwards you can pray verbally but centering prayer you're specifically just quietly sitting with God yeah and I know I mean first of all though to go back to the zoom centering prayer was that a thing even before the pandemic or is that kind of a result of the pandemic you know I think it's probably it's there was probably some being done prior to the Mm -hmm. pandemic because um but specifically now there's so many zoom groups now and you you could like you can the contemplative outreach is the main centering prayer organization so you could go to their website contemplativeoutreach.org and you could find a group practicing you know throughout the various states there's different chapters throughout the states as well as internationally so you could literally practice centering prayer with anybody and anywhere in, in the world some of them are, I think, as simple as they, they start and they end and you everybody goes and does their own thing. Some of them have more structure and they might have an introduction. They might have some readings. Then they go into the silence and then they might have some community discussion afterwards as, as well. But I agree. I think they really started growing as a result of the pandemic. Yeah, I just think before, for me anyways, personally, prior to the pandemic, the idea of just like sitting in silence with other people on a screen, but like, you know, but uh, but now because I've experienced Zoom and experienced the pandemic, I feel like I, you know, it, it could be a way to be accountable, you know, if you're not able to be physically present with people in community, but it's just funny to think about. <laughs> no, I mean, that is true. And then you, everybody can, depending upon the size of the group, you can see each other if, if you show you know you show video of yourself everybody can and and usually you would turn you probably would turn you would mute and turn off your camera during this sit but then after that if there's some type of discussion everybody is seeing each other and kind of reacting and talking with with each other on the online community so it's 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 quite easy and and you still feel like you're really relating and and that, for example Myself and another Centering Prayer author, we do a monthly gathering, and we've been doing it for about, I think, about eight or nine months now, and we're having a blast. We just invite people, we give a talk, we lead them into the silence, and then after the after the silence, we allow 30 minutes of just Q&A or comments or if anybody needs to share anything. So it's, the whole thing's about 90 minutes, but we've been having a ton of fun with it. And even the after the sit, there's you know at least 30 to 40 minutes of time for anybody to talk or ask questions. And 
it seems that every single one we've done, we've we go right up to the ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah. So how long do you will will you sit since you're like a experienced veteran of centering prayer? Like, can I ask how long your sits usually are? Sure. Is most of the time uh, they're as much as twenty minutes. So sometimes okay. anywhere from ten to twenty minutes. I, I try to sit at least twenty minutes if I can. But sometimes you know. Sometimes they're 10, sometimes they're 15, sometimes they're 20. And then there's times where sometimes I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to sit. And when it feels right, stop. And that's if it's a Saturday or I know I had the time to do it. So sometimes I've gone 30 and 40 minutes because I just felt like I I think I really need a break and I need to just sit with God and I need to refresh myself and and I need to shake the anxiety out Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So most of the time, 20 minutes, but then there's been some instances where I, I just go as long as I think I need to and then get up when I think I'm done and I'll look to see how long it went. And and in those cases, it's, it's sometimes been about 40 minutes. Yeah. So I, um, as Catholic, uh, we have, you know, a devotion to like the sacraments. And so we, you know, believe Christ come, becomes present in the Eucharist. And we have this thing called Eucharistic adoration where the priest will put the host like in, it's a, called a monstrance, but you can essentially just like sit and look at like the host. Um, they mm-hmm. just expose it like in a church. And it's very kind of like what you're describing. Like I can sit there and just like focus. And it's like a, this time of silence, like, you know, again, I can journal if I want to, I can read scripture if I want to, but I try to just kind of focus on Christ present you know, in that moment with me, like in the Eucharist. And I feel like, does centering prayer for you ever have like a visual component like that, where you're focusing on something, looking at something? Not for centering prayer. So for centering prayer, we're, we're, we're letting go. So even if we have like an interior vision, even if it's Jesus, we, we let go of that too. So during centering prayer, we truly are just letting go. Whatever engages you, we're letting it go. And just opening to continuously opening to God, but no, there are practices where you're where you're looking at either an icon or you could be looking at a mm-hmm. candle or so. What, what you're saying, there are contemplative practices like that, but centering prayer is just different in that you're not honing in and f- focusing on anything. I mean, maybe the only you could use like some people will they're afraid they'll fall asleep, so instead of mm-hmm. um, using a word. They'll, they'll keep their eyes open and they might hone in on something. So maybe you look at a candle to keep yourself in the present mm-hmm. or you're looking at a spot on the ground. But again, you're not engaging it and you're not thinking or meditating upon anything or planning or, or imagining anything. You're, you are really just to sit and let go of yourself and get out of the way and just sit, sit with God. After the sit is, is when if you wanted to do something like that where you needed to journal or, or meditate on something, you would do it after the silent sit. And that is, and I, you know, I consider myself a pretty contemplative person. Like I, you know, I mean, I've been in the religion game for a long time, but it, being a teacher, I just feel like I'm always trying to, and a minister, like I'm always engaging. And so it is even just the, you hearing you say like, no, you can't even, not, not that you can't, but like that true centering prayer is not even engaging with that, like, that visual piece is just that's 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 so countercultural, which kind of leads me to my last thing as we kind of wrap up. Like what you're what you're sharing, I know from my own experience, like my students in the in the beginning when we pray, like will struggle with silence, but then they really learn to love it. And I think our culture personally, like, is thirsting for more silence because we don't have it. Um, what would you say are some of the challenges you know that you see in our society um, regarding like silence and centering prayer? 
I would say just social media and on our phones and our laptops and, and our gadgets. Like I, I, a couple of years ago, I, I went to a Penn State had a local campus near me and I went and spoke to one of the Christian groups there and I shared Centering Prayer. And what I heard from them, and these were 18 to 21 year olds, is that they they need this silent space and that they have too much drama in their lives from their, from their Facebook and their Twitter feeds and their Instagram and they're constant looking at their phones or, or social media. So um, that's what I heard from them is that they, they need help from the drama and they need to turn it off and just be and, and be silent because they're, they're filling themselves with anxiety or they want to make sure something they did is liked or they want to see how someone reacted to it. So I think, I think we need silence and we need to step away from, and even I have to do like sometimes like if I'm like last night I watched a Christmas movie with my wife, I actually put my phone in the other room. My wife's like, well, why don't you text your parents about our visit? And I said, well, I don't have the phone with me because if I put it in here, I'm going to use it. And I just want to be in here with you and I want to watch the TV show. So I think even I, I got to force myself, put the gadget away and just be present with what I'm doing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're so right. Like, even though it's kind of a quote unquote silent activity, like you're just watching or scrolling or whatever, but you're still engaging. And, and it really, again, like what you're describing is truly countercultural to like truly empty, like not look at a screen, not like a like button, like not, <laughs> you know, just it's and, but I think it's so needed. It is like if like, if you think about it, like anywhere you go, you sit in a waiting area. <laughs> look at the whole waiting area. Everybody's looking at their phones, reading them, yeah. scrolling or on them. Everybody is just, including myself. So it's we, we need a. I think we need a break a break from that. We don't need that. And and even they say you know you know the experts will say before you go to bed you might you might want to just put your phone somewhere else you know thirty minutes to an hour before you go to bed and just get away from all that. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't think we realize how much anxiety that does bring upon us. And, you know, I was a child of the 80s, like growing up, like we were bored a lot, but that like brought about like, you know, then I would read more or I would imagine more or, you know, just reach out to people or run around. Like it just I think that if you have that silence um, to get back to kind of our focal point here, like or that boredom or that silence that then it can it can lead to something much more productive. I don't know. No, I agree. And I mean, my son is 25 and he even has said to me, you know, look, I grew up with no cell, you know, really no phones, no, no internet initially. Um, and we just played and, and talked and we used landlines if we wanted to call someone. But he, he kind of said, you know, he, he's even taken himself off Facebook or, or kind of put his cell phone down. So there's too much drama. He always knows what's going on or he can see the drama on Facebook and, and what's bothering somebody. So, um, no, I think just some of the he grew up with it and i didn't grow up with it mm -hmm. but it's just so you, you get sucked into it and, and and you just need a you need a break from it <laughs> yeah which is why what you know just prayer in general you know and then like you were saying this prayer just to find something that that speaks to you i think it's it's all the more important and relates to this verse of like you know christ encourages us to find that moment um alone with him and and you know explicitly says that so i want to thank you for bringing this verse to our attention um as we wrap up any final thoughts and then i'll give you a chance to plug but any like last kind of things you want to say about this verse 
Sure. No, I would just encourage people, if the idea of sitting in silence seems daunting and you've never done it, I would just encourage you to try it. So, you know, try it first thing in the morning, do it for one to five minutes, try it for 30 days and, and see what happens and see if it's a practice that resonates with you. And even if it isn't, even try some type of quiet practice um, that will resonate with you and dig deep into that well, whether it's, you know, imagining or journaling or, or staring at an image or, or staring at a candle, find that contemplative practice that resonates with you, which just you and God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, you have uh, a book to promote and, um, and any other projects you'd like to share? What, what, where can we find you? What would you like us to check out? Sure. I mean, the best place to find me is my website, silenceteaches.com. When you come there, if you want to learn more about Centering Prayer, and when you subscribe to my weekly meditations, you'll get my free ebook on Centering Prayer. And then if it's you're further interested in it, you can check out my book, which is also on my site, you know, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. It's been out just over two years. So if you're further interested in Centering Prayer, you could check out my book. And then through my uh, meditations you get each week, I, I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I have a monthly gathering. So it's, it's a free Zoom gathering. So if, if you want to come to a group and just listen, I mean, we've had some people just will join the monthly group, mute themselves, turn off their camera, and they just want to listen. And that's fine too. Whatever, come as you are with whatever you're comfortable with. So I would say just come to silenceteaches.com just to learn more about centering prayer. And you all can find out more about me and this podcast on Instagram. I'm at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter at Miss Struckley One, M S S T R U K E L Y One, where I tweet about what's going on in my classroom. Uh, but thank you, Rich, again for bringing us this passage and telling us about Centering Prayer today. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on, and hopefully this was helpful for your community. So thank you very much. Bye, everyone.